Good late evening to you. It is Saturday, November 11th at 11.59 p.m. It's barely Saturday. And um, uh, I have just gotten back to the studio, <clears throat> gotten back home uh, from attending the, the, the thrashing that Purdue dealt out to Minnesota today. It was a fun one. It was, it was uh, I, one of my favorite things in sports. One of my favorite things as a Purdue fan is when uh, I... My expectations are low, and I am floored, and I'm wrong, and I was wrong about what I thought this team was going to do. I was wrong about the the way the game would go. Um, I thought Minnesota would dictate the pace of the game. I thought they would dictate the amount of points that were scored. I thought they would um, flex their muscle on Purdue in the trenches and uh, kind of control the whole thing, but it sure as heck didn't go that way as Purdue cruised to a 49 to 30 victory and uh, improved to three and seven on the season, which is wild to say that the way they played today, they didn't look anywhere near a three and 17, but here we are. We'll talk a little bit about it before I do. Let me thank the people who made this t-shirt that I'm wearing. Thanks to home field apparel. Good folks over there. Go to homefieldapparel.com, uh, grab a t-shirt or sweatshirt and her boiled 23 at checkout. Get 15% discount. That's pretty solid uh, for your first-time purchase. Um, also, when you're on campus, do like I did today with my family. We sat we sat around at AJ's. We enjoyed some football. We had, for our appetizer, we had a couple orders of the pretzels. Uh, they are ridiculous. If donuts and pretzels had a child, they would be their pretzels. They are incredible. Had the pretzels, had the mac and cheese bites. I had uh, the the Chicago beef uh, waffle fries all around. Super super delicious. Uh, we ate, we feasted before the game. Head over to AJ's on Vine. Uh, go to eataj's.com if you want to order ahead or if you're on campus or nearby. That's uh, a good place to go. I ran into one of Anisha's old buddies when I was waiting on the door. It was crowded. Going to AJ's today was crowded. One of Anisha's old buddies named Adam. Nice guy. Uh, he and Anish lived in the dorm together a thousand years, not in the same room, but at the dorm around the same time. Met each other then, and I got to meet his son, Calvin. Nice, nice little guy. Um, big Purdue fan. Loved talking to the young Purdue fans. He was awesome. Um, so uh, it was good. It was a fun atmosphere today, and um, you should go there, too. You should go to AJ's. Maybe you'll you'll meet somebody nice like one of Anish's old buddies. So, um, But let's talk about the game. So I get... I mean, it was, it was, the weather was incredible. It was just a beautiful, um, amazing fall day for Indiana in November. It was crystal clear blue skies, a little windy. I've got wind burnt. Um, the temperatures were awesome. I mean, it was in the, what, high 40s, low 50s, but it felt excellent. It wasn't windy, so it wasn't cold. Um, just set up to be a nice afternoon. It was, uh, I was excited to be there just because I was like, okay, I, I, every now and again, I just feel blessed to to be where I am and to take in the little things like being with your family and friends at a Purdue football game. And even before the game kicked off, I felt good about it. And right away, my, uh, my glee, my uh, happy thoughts were kind of dashed because I could not believe how easily Minnesota scored. Right away, we have... Boom, Minnesota comes down the field. They did whatever they wanted on the first drive. It shocked me because they had a, 
a long pass completion, I think a 45-yard pass completion, and it was just an absolute moon ball. The receiver waited on the pass. The defensive backs didn't react. Purdue looked very poor. Minnesota could run. They could pass. They could do whatever they wanted to. And I was kind of down in the dumps already. Got sarcastic on Twitter. Said it was a brilliant start. And right away, Purdue came back and drove down the field, struck at them. Uh, on the backs of Hudson Card, looking like Houdini. He, he broke tackles. He kept his eyes downfield. Purdue was running the ball well, and Purdue scored, and it was 7-7. Seven to seven. And then the game got into a weird rhythm where it felt like Purdue was going to exchange field goals, or Purdue was going to score touchdowns. Minnesota was going to get field goals. And Minnesota's field goal kicker was blasting the ball. So on one hand, you had Minnesota's special teams. You had their field goal kicker just crushing the ball. When they kicked the field goal, it looked like he blasted it out of a, out of a cannon. And when Purdue got on the field, special teams, the kicker would kick the ball out of bounds. And Purdue would, have, I think, the first two kickoffs were out of bounds. 35, you know, the ball starts on the 35. These are penalties. These are costly, shorter field, not great stuff. But Purdue was clearly getting their feet under them. They, they got better and better as the game went on. You saw a rejuvenated version of Hudson Card. I cannot stress how much better he looked. He looked like Hudson Card was advertised. He looked like the guy that I had heard about. He looked like the guy I had. I watched Hudson play when he played for Texas. And I was like, man, there's, there's so many tools here. And we saw, we saw the tools before. We didn't see him tucking the ball and running when the opportunities would present himself as many times as today. I swear, but I just watched the post-game presser, and I don't remember hearing anybody say this or ask the question. And I watched uh, Walter's press conference as well, and I don't remember anybody asking this question. Did, did somebody say to Hudson Card, did Graham Harrell say to Hudson Card, F it, man. Just go out and play your game because, you know what, if you get injured, you're going to go down swinging. You're going to do your stuff. Go go play the damn game. That's what it felt like. I don't know if you felt like that watching the game, but that's what it felt like. He pinned his ears back. He played football today, and he didn't. He wasn't thinking too much. He was just reacting. And at the same time, Graham Harrell, as much as I've given him a hard time, he called a whale of a game. Purdue was doing stuff with misdirections that I've been begging for. They were... Um, uh, they were uh, calling a great mixture of pass and run. Seemed Everything seemed timely. Everything seemed to work. And then on top of that, the three criticisms. Well, I have another criticism that, that came, big, came in big today. There were four criticisms. But the, the next one, of course, offensive line play, that offensive line that's so patchworked together. Man, they played great. You could see running lanes opening up again like they were back five, six games ago. And they looked, they looked beastly they look they looked excellent card didn't always have a ton of time but when he was given just a little time he was doing big things and he i don't know how many times he broke a tackle in the backfield so that that uh speaks a little bit to card being so important to making this offense go and then on top of that the receivers were catching the ball you had great catches all over the field. Didn't matter who was doing it, but Garrett Miller had, he looked excellent. He fought through an injury. I don't know exactly what it was since I was in the stadium. Um, you had the running backs, Mercy. Maccabee and Tyrone Tracy uh, were Herculean. Um, Maccabee, I think, had two uh, runs of over 40 yards, I think. I think one was nearly 70. Tracy had a couple big runs, and he was averaging a lot per pop. 
But on top of that, he showed he can still catch the ball. He had a very simple route out of the backfield where he Minnesota just lost him. And Carr threw it a little bit behind him. Because if you throw the ball in stride, uh, Tracy scores. And if you look at that, I believe it's the same route, if I'm, if I'm thinking the same one, where, no, that's a different route. Minnesota a couple times today, where they just... They didn't, the defense didn't make sense. Like they had one where they, they chucked a Purdue receiver 15, 20 yards down the field. And it could have been Tracy's catch. I don't think it was. But they chucked him way down the field. And there was nobody back. There was no safety back there. And that guy, the guy who popped him, should have been the guy who was on a back pedal to stay with him just by scheme. And he wasn't. There was nobody back there. Instead, he decided to hit him, gets by him. And this, there was a lot of busted defenses by Minnesota. A lot of people said, well, this Minnesota defense is just bad. Well, here's the interesting, interesting thing. Purdue had well over 300 yards rushing. I'll tell you how many in a second. You probably already know it's late. Now it's midnight. It's 12.07, November 12th now. We've crossed into Sunday. Uh, Purdue had a lot of yards rushing, and that was kind of the key that made thing, the thing go, is how well they ran the ball, how well they were able to say, this is what we're going to do today, and you're going to be along for the ride, Minnesota. But Minnesota's fourth in the conference in rush defense. It's not an awful defense, and they are who what they are. This is one thing P.J. Fleck prides himself in, a team that's going to be able to stop the run. On the other side of the, the ball, they, you know, they're a ground control team. You know, they're, a, they're a team that uses their size and their strength to generally control the other team. And the only thing I think they effectively schemed against, in my opinion, maybe someone can explain this, why this happened it, with relative ease, they kept Jenkins and Scorton, Scourton. You know, we've been debating that how to pronounce it. Um, we, they kept them out of the backfield, and that's pretty impressive. Those guys have had amazing seasons so far, and amazingly effective to get to the quarterback, make them feel it. And I don't think those guys had a sack. I'll double check that here in a second today. So Minnesota did a good job keeping those guys out of the backfield. Past that. They really didn't do a whole bunch that they didn't stop Purdue from playing Purdue's game, all game. And I think that's that's a huge story for this, is that Purdue played a very strong, meaning big, strong team. They're a lot like, you know, this is what the, the teams in the north of the Big Ten, this is how, how they're built. This isn't the best version of Minnesota. We've seen them play some pretty bad football this year, but the last few weeks they've played... At times, at times, Minnesota has looked like old Minnesota. They did not look that way today, except for, boy, it was fleeting. That, 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 even in that first drive, when they were really effective in that, you know, having that big pass, I still think their quarterback is very much a work in progress. He might be great one day. He might be solid one day. Right now, he's a guy that you're like, okay, yeah, put the ball up in the air. We'll take our chances on this, right? And that's part of the problem. That Minnesota doesn't have a back that is... Um, uh, anything to write home about like they have in the past. And they have a quarterback who struggles. So this isn't, I mean, even, I think it's what, Tanner Morgan, the last quarterback that was there, who lit Purdue on fire but didn't seem to light anybody else on fire. This is this might be the undoing of P.J. Uh, Fleck in Minnesota. P.J. Fleck continues to be really tough for me to watch. On the sideline, he sat right in front of us. You know, he was, Minnesota was right in front of us and in our seats and his whole shtick. Yeah, I've had enough. Seems like some Minnesota fans around us, there were a couple. There weren't, Ross Aid was awesome, by the way. And, but the Minnesota fans around us, maybe they're as annoyed as I am but, uh, by him. Uh, losing will do that. They'll make the things that once were cute not seem so cute. 
especially when you get thrashed by a team that's, by record, not very good. And um, Fleck looked, um, he was kind of off by himself. Generally, he's doing that bit where he's sprinting up and, you know, artificial rah-rah stuff. Not today. By the second half, he was, he was kind of pacing by himself. So Purdue earned it today. It was awesome. Let's look at the stats real quick together. Um, let's see. Hudson Card, like I said, I think he completed 68% of his past 17 of 25, 251 yards. Uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Pretty huge. Pretty excellent effort. Um, and like I said, gosh darn it, he was, he was excellent. He, was, he had a rushing touchdown, three passing touchdowns. Um, he, was, he was pin accurate. He had a lot of zip on his ball. He was placing the ball well. He looked he looked every bit of the part. The funny thing is, like we've talked about this early in the season, when he's playing really well, and he played excellent today, 250 yards. This isn't what we're used to as Purdue fans, and much of this is the system. This is, I think, today we saw what Harrell wants this offense to look like, right? A lot of uh, effective running uh, on plays that put guys in a position where they have to get past one level and then they're off to the races. Um, things misdirection that causes the defensive backs to move up and, and get out of position to make a tackle. Devin Mockby, 17 carries, 153 yards, and a touchdown, 65 yard long. Uh, I mean, he was, he was, he was excellent. And um, all day he was excellent. The guy's had it. He's fought through the fumble issues. Let's hope he's done with them for the season. When he is on, though, he is so dangerous because of that unorthodox style. Minnesota had a hard time figuring him out all day. Tyrone Tracy, uh, my son, uh, no, it was my brother. My brother compared him to, uh, to Mostert a bit because he's a guy that might not have had the noteworthy college career, um, but could go in the NFL and be really good running back and a really dangerous multi-tool for a team. Out of the slot, you can catch the ball, obviously, but 15 carries, 122 yards, uh, averaged eight yards a pop. So one running back's averaging nine a pop, another averaging eight, and then Hudson Card, 44 yards rushing on eight carries, 5.5 yards a pop. And sadly, Dylan Downing had four carries, 34 yards as the third part of the three-headed monster, and he left on a cart. I still haven't heard an explanation of what that injury was, but that was lousy to see because he had a couple really good runs at the end too. Probably one or two of his best runs this season. Everybody was effective. Garrett Miller had a brilliant seam route uh, that I think scored a touchdown, if I remember correctly. Six receptions, 65 yards. Uh, Tyrone Tracy, that one big catch for 52 yards. Burks had a couple really good catches, but four catches for 60 yards. Really, again, if we're seeing what this Purdue offense is at its best version, it's really evenly distributed balls. You know, a lot of guys with 60, uh, 25 to 60 yards receiving. Um, very accuracy, very important. And keeping, sustaining a play when it looks like something's not going perfectly is really what, what this offense is going to look like in its best case. Now, Northwestern absolutely hammered somebody today. Um, I don't remember who it was. I think they won 24 to 3. Northwestern's playing good football, and I think they are a a four or five win team right now. They are also in a position where they are controlling their own destiny, getting a bull. Purdue is three and seven. Purdue mathematically cannot go to a bull unless they get the um, the odd five and seven bull. Like I said, I want to see Purdue go to a bull because I want the additional pra- uh, practice, a a healthy version of Purdue. Uh, 
getting extra reps, and we're starting to see more and more freshmen on the field. That is, that's huge. Jaden Dixon-Veal had a couple catches. They were early. I think he had one catch that was a pretty decent, um, yeah, 13-yard catch. Felt like he had a longer catch. Um, but we're seeing more and more freshmen on the field. That's that's a big deal. We're seeing guys just kind of pop up because I think you got four games that you're allowed to use. I think that rule is still there and, and still get the red shirt. So we're seeing guys make a difference. On the defensive side, Dylan Thieneman continues to be truly excellent. He had nine tackles. I think he uh, had a – it says he didn't have a pass defended, but I thought he had one. Um, Jenkins had six uh, tackles, but only one for loss. No sacks, just like I was referencing. Uh, Scorton had uh, one sack. He only had three three tackles. Nusi Kane had a huge, huge day. Um, he looked great, and I think he is so much better as this hybrid linebacker role than just a straight up safety because um, he's a hard hitter. Um, he's not um, he's not the fast guy on the field. Even in coverage, he was guarding that behemoth uh, from Minnesota, eighty eight. He's a huge man. I think he's six 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 seven, two hundred eighty pounds. If you haven't seen him or if you didn't pay attention to him today, he just gosh, he is a he is a mammoth guy. And one thing he does better than anybody is he creates a seal. So they send him in motion one way and he'll turn the other way and create a seal on the defensive line. Um, Purdue struggled with that, especially early. Minnesota had a, in the first quarter, they had a couple runs where they were just pretty much moving Purdue just with, just, it was like getting behind a, a snow plow and um, they were moving Purdue out of the way. But Purdue really tightened up and played well. A guy that I want to just give a tip of the cap to just because I saw him in the right place in the right time over and over. Yanni Karloftis, let's see, he had, he only had three tackles. He only had three tackles. But he seems to be, he's clearly getting the concepts and he's clearly, to me, every week he, he is involved. The big thing is an off season of weightlifting is going to be awesome for Yanni. I, I can't wait to see him uh, get a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger. Um, but, that's that's a hell of a game. Um, that's that is a huge win, and like it was so much fun being around fellow Purdue fans that just just were reveling in the fact they were like me. They I think the people that I know well that sit near me, and we got a good block in our group, and then we got people around your you know your ticket neighbors. All of us were just like, man, this team needed this effort to to kind of maybe give them a a, a shot in the arm to possibly win out. Beating Northwestern, beating IU, tell me your perspective on the season wouldn't, wouldn't be different if they finished five and seven. Regardless if they get invited to a bowl or not, it, you're just, I think you're going to feel a lot better about it. I already feel a lot better about it. Them beating Minnesota in the manner they did it, boy, that was that was a different thing. So a couple of you guys are on live. Thanks for tuning in. It's pretty late. Uh, it's after midnight here in Indiana. So uh, Brian Hannon says uh, the boat was taken on water. Yeah, the, the boat... Uh, there was no rowing boat today. Not after about middle of the first quarter, right? Things changed for Minnesota. I mean, I think they thought, you know, we'll get a couple field goals. We'll get the offense going. But Purdue just kept coming. Four touchdowns and four straight possessions, I believe. I believe that's right. I think that was last time that happened was 2021. The BS analytics desk was talking about this behind closed doors. I think Dave came up with that stat. But I think it was 2021, the last time a Purdue team scored on its scored touchdowns on four straight possessions in the first half was 2021, I believe. The last time they scored four straight touchdowns, I think it's Dave again. I like to give credit where it's due because I'm not that smart. The last time they scored four straight touchdowns, four possessions, was versus IU in the second half in 
22. Is that right? Nope, that was probably 21 too. Doesn't matter. Regardless, it's been a while. It was fun to see. That was that was a lot of fun to see. And uh, I said, I promised I'd give you a stat, and I didn't give it to you. Purdue had a total of 353 yards rushing. Four touchdowns in the running game. That's, I mean, that's that's something... <clears throat> Honestly, we, we, we don't see a lot of that at Purdue ever, really. I mean, that's, that's a lot of yards on the ground, and they were fun yards. That was, it was fun to watch this team, just fun to watch them. Uh, Sophia Helvey, my buddy, says, yellow. Good to see Sophia here. She needs to get to bed, though. It's late. Got to get up early. Uh, Nathan Anderson says, uh, hey, Harold discovered the running backs. Well, he discovered ways to use them. Good point. Um, uh, good point, but he the way he utilized them, I think that's the big thing. I think any Purdue fan would say the creativity was on display. There were a couple plays where, um, I'm trying to think of the exact play, where there was a fake left, a fake right, and Hudson uh, card just kind of turns, and then he fired the ball over the middle. I wish I could remember more details. I have not watched film yet. Um, I'm look forward, looking forward to watching this game again the second time. This This will be a lot of fun either on uh, uh, that YouTube feed, Matt Loves Ball. It's awesome. Or uh, I don't know if BL, would it be on BTN? I think it would be on BTN. I don't know who televised it today. Sorry, guys. Uh, Jim Garfinkel says, uh, top critic of Harrell here, but I got to give him credit. Called a really good game. Played, played to our strengths and what the D was doing. That magical term, the modern football buzzword of complimentary football, Purdue did it today. They just they just played well on both sides. I think that's the thing. They just played well on both sides. Um, one thing I didn't talk about. Let me see if I can do this real quickly. Mm, not on this sheet. Darn it. I don't know if you guys ever do this. You look at different box scores. They different give different things, and I need one more category, and I don't have it. So I'm not going to go. I'm not going to try to guess. Um, Zach says, Zach3605 says, road trip to Evanston next week. Boiler Takeover, who's with me. Listen, go get him, Zach. Uh, I would, I have been to Northwestern, I think, three or four times. I believe I'm undefeated in Evanston. And uh, Purdue fans are awesome in Evanston. They are great there. Purdue's record uh, when they bring a lot of people is excellent there. So go get them, root them on. I wish I could be there. I can't do that next weekend. But yeah, uh, highly encourage Purdue fans to see if there are tickets available. It's it's an easy drive. Uh, a lot of Purdue fans, obviously, a lot of Purdue alums in Chicago anyway. But Northwestern's playing well, and uh, Coach Walter said this in the post game. One thing he, he said right away before even questions were asked, he said he really appreciated what Ross Aid was today and what Ross Aid is. The enthusiasm. He said it, it was important for the players, and that could be Walters just talking to me and savvy. Because he felt the kind of the teetering, right, as the team struggled. That was really a great crowd today. Really a great crowd. Um, for some reason, it not only was a great crowd in the stands, everything was good in the stadium. I mean, you could go to a line and grab a beer or something to eat without waiting like an hour and a half, which it's been pretty lousy a couple times this year. It was really good. It was it was good. Traffic moved well after the game. Everything was, it was a nice day. All all in all, nice day. Um, Jeff said it was on Peacock. Thank you. Um, appreciate it. So I, uh, but still, I will find a way to fo watch an abridged version of this. Um, and I look forward to it. Jim Garfinkel, uh, uh, he says some credit goes to Coach Walters for praising Russ 8. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
It was it's smart. That's I wish I, I there was more that I took away from the post game from the players and Walters. I watched all of them, and that was my big takeaway. There was just one thing: the players were happy and smiley. That's awesome. They should be. I mean, they earned it. They, that was really fun. Uh, that offensive line again. I will hit this one more time. That just an incredible effort for a bunch of guys that. You know, it's been it's been tough on them. It's a hard season to have just a patchwork group and the, to play that way. That's a big deal. It wasn't like Minnesota was rolling over, didn't try to bring their best effort, and produce produce O line and D line both just played excellent. But the O line especially that's that's an amazing effort with um, guys playing out of position. And, but they're getting used to it. They're getting used to their new position. Um, they look they look very good. And I I boy. I'm looking at the wrong box score today, but I'd love to see. Yeah, I don't see him on here. I wanted to see what the total penalties were, um, but it felt like an extremely clean game for Purdue. There were a couple, couple flags, uh, a couple were kind of costly. One, um, yeah, it, it felt like some were going to hurt Purdue worse, and they just didn't. Purdue did such a good job handling the things that were dealt to them today flags didn't matter but it felt like the game was clean um so i haven't seen the the stats um vincent moster asks uh was purdue that good today or was minnesota just that bad it's a it's a fair question i think it's a little bit of both i think purdue kind of crushed their spirit when purdue didn't relent right when they just kept scoring that's awfully hard on you right you just start oh here we go again right and um yeah, Minnesota did not play a good game at all, and we've seen Minnesota play some good football this year. This wasn't this wasn't their game, and it definitely was produced. That was, I just I, boy, that was a fun one. So I think that's all I got for today. Um, uh, Anish joked that uh, wow, says something about my uh, my streaming rate is slow. So if the picture's quality is not very good, I apologize. Nothing I can do about it. Looks like, but sometimes they just give you warnings. So if you couldn't get enough of talking about Purdue and you love the Boiled Sports folks, uh, again, we'll be Handsome Hour. We will be streaming the Handsome Hour live, 9 p.m. Monday. Hope you're there. It's a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to uh, recording and streaming with my my pals, uh, Justin and Anish. So it'll be it'll be a good evening. It'll be a good, uh, good time, maybe. I had... I had uh, um, one of my, one of our ticket neighbors, who's also a, a BS listener, he asked, "What's your what have you been drinking during during the um, recordings or streamings of the Handsome Hour?" And I'm like, "Man, my bourbon it varies actually, and I don't I don't really I don't have a um, a specific bottle I'm drinking, but I, I've got a couple that I choose from. And right now I'm I'm just I, I keep being this has been ongoing theme for me the um, uh, rise that are finished in in port or uh, wine barrels, they're doing it for me. They're, they're very good. And I, I got a new one this week. I can't remember. I think it was Double R. I think that's the brand. But anyway, so thanks for tuning in. Um, Purdue, oh, that's right. Purdue plays Xavier Monday night. So that'll work out well, actually. So I think they play, I think they play at 7 on Monday. Jeff, do you know the time? But yeah, Purdue plays Xavier Monday night. Um that's that's gonna be a lot of fun, and we'll come with a with a post game slash slash handsome hour right after. Hopefully, we're in good mood. That'd be really really great. Um, yeah, so it'll be that'll be a fun that'll be a fun handsome hour. And somebody, it's a great point. The way this this schedule is designed, 
This Xavier is a perfect on-ramp to the 8.30. Woo, woof. Okay, so the Xavier game's at 8.30. We may, have to, we may have to move to Tuesday. We'll do something. I will record. Here's a minimum I'm going to guarantee. I will give you a post-game if we can't record as a group because we like that to be a little longer form. I mean, I'm already at a half hour here. But I will give a post-game of some sort. Uh, at minimum, after Xavier, if those guys aren't willing to to stay up, the problem is we're old men. So when we stay, we start the handsome hour late. I know my big thing is number one. We, after the show, often we'll sit and we'll talk for a little bit afterwards. Last week we watched the end of some college basketball. It was a lot of fun. Um, but then I'm wound up. I can't get to sleep. Like this is a this is a relatively new thing, and I don't get to sleep till one thirty or two. My wife told me not to do a post game tonight since I got home so late. Um, but I was like, yeah, let's get the post game. Let's do it. I think there'll be some people on there. So, um, yeah, Jeff, that's 530 for him. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yep, 830. Okay, so like I said, it's probably gonna, that'll probably be me doing post game, and maybe the handsome hour will be moved to Tuesday if we can get it going. We'll figure it out. We're not the most flexible bunch because <laughs> schedules are pretty lousy. So, But we'll, we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. And um, it's been a lot of fun this season. We've had good consistency. I think that's been a good thing for everybody and – um, look forward to seeing you there. Um, thanks for stopping in and listening. Thank you. Really appreciate everybody who does listen. Um, like we said, we know that there's lots of good content out there. It's Purdue related. Um, and we think we're a little bit different. Uh, hopefully you think so too. Uh, God bless you. Hammer down. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. We will see you Monday, one day or another, or one way or another. Tomorrow morning, if you're a Colts fan, uh, they kick off at 930 because they're in Germany, right? I think they're in Germany. So um, so that's fun, too. Fun sports weekend. It's always more fun when the boilers win, no doubt. Him or down. We'll see you. God bless you.